This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. Hello and welcome to the MGMA Insider Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Today we're joined by Randy Tomlin, CEO of Mobile Smith. Randy's here today to talk about mobile apps and the role they can play in healthcare. Randy, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate being here. Now, you've been in uh, technology throughout your career. You uh, spent time at AT AT&T, I think 30 plus years. Talk about what you were involved in there from a technology standpoint and what the technology life cycle is like in communications versus what you've now found in healthcare. Yeah, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, I did have a long career with AT&T that I enjoyed greatly, uh, 34 years. Uh, mainly in the operations space. Um, and if we looked at telecommunications when we first started, there was nothing as such as an iPhone, and today it's ubiquitous across the world. So you can see the changes happen in a very short period of time. Um, specifically, where if I looked at the mobile application, there would be two areas, um, probably the most um, that helped me now as we're going to healthcare. Number one, um, my organization, if you got a truck, it came to your home or business with AT&T. I ran that organization. We had 34,000 technicians across the country. And we put them onto a mobile application that allowed them to go and meet customers um, on a daily basis. Um, we improved things like we went from two jobs a day to three to four jobs a day, so improved productivity. Um, we were able to tell our customers when we were coming in a 30-minute window as opposed to we'll be there sometime today. And number three is our customers were able to respond and interact with our technicians in a remote manner um, so that you could fix issues um, in real time with the customers. So dramatic change um, with the technician workforce. I think that technician workforce is kind of um, if we think about maybe the patient workforce or the patient capability that's going to be now, um, we're going to enable with um, healthcare. That's first. Number two is um, the social media capabilities. Um, before we would wait um, for a customer to call us and tell us that something was wrong, um, with all of the digital platforms that are available and the ability to look at those digital platforms. We could tell that issues were beginning in a city, maybe in Atlanta, because um, we could start seeing on social media and we could understand what customers were saying about our network and improve it um, in real time rather than having to wait for things to break. So early warning indicators, early knowledge indicators, um, the digital environment helped us both then from our technicians, which I see as patients, and from knowledge about um, telecommunication improve it, I see the same thing happening from healthcare. So mm-hmm. a lot of correlation. Right. What time frame are you talking about there then? So you're in the telecommunications industry. You've kind of got to be at the cutting edge of what's going on in mobile communication with, uh, with your customers. When was this happening? Is this in the early 2000s, the 1990s? When, when were you seeing this take place? 
I would say most of this happened um, really in the in the late 90s, um, first part of 2000. Um, and when it happened, it happened very quickly. Um, we, I would say in that 10 year period of time from 2000 to 2010, 2012, um, the telecommunications industry consolidated a lot. I think we all know about that. Um, things like Facebook were born and Google were born. Um, and uh, with those came about uh, a real um, large, interconnected communications industry that was transformed from the way it was even 15 years ago. Uh, if I look at that transformation that happened now, I look at healthcare. Um, healthcare has now spent the money um, to bring about these EMR systems, um, Cerner, Epic, Meditech, others. Um, they've got the data now, that's the beginning of what had to happen for telecommunications, the data's there now, but now what's probably gonna happen in the next five years or so is you're going to begin to see the patients, the 330 million Americans that really make the difference in healthcare, uh, get interconnected and using the, the system um, from a consumerized perspective in healthcare, much like we've seen now in telecommunications, much like you see in the airline industry. I just flew to Oregon to play golf for three days with my son. We made every single reservation from the airline on a mobile app. We got our stay on a mobile app. We rented a car on a mobile app. No one even thinking about today, if you were going to consume banking, who would ever go to a bank? Nobody. You would just pull up your mobile phone and, and access your bank account. I think healthcare now is primed and ready for that space. Um, and we'll begin to see the better providers become, um, a, a, people become aware of the better providers via a mobile sourcing capability. So all of those things happen in 10 years in telecommunications. I think they're in front of us now in healthcare in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2016, you made a move to Mobile Smith. Um, that's after 34 years with AT&T. Uh, what excited you about the company and the work it was doing? Um, so I think there's a lot in our name, right? We're mobile, um, i.e. we do mobile applications for healthcare. And we're Smiths, i.e. we build things. Um, and I think that there's a lot of value to a company that can develop a product. And that's what Mobilesmith does, develop a product. Now, what excited me, um, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina, really rich base for technical talent. When I looked at the company, um, we have a very, very strong development force. Um, we write native iOS, we write native Android, um, we have access to um, things as in the cloud, we run on Amazon's cloud. So we had a really strong development force. And then number three was that we were already in 60 plus hospitals. So we had a base of understanding healthcare. We could speak healthcare. Um, what we've now done is we've taken that focus and we focused it down to two particular products. I'm sure we'll get the chance to talk about those a little bit more. Um, but we focused on the two particular products that we see as we look at healthcare that says, how could we help the doctors, the providers, the nurses that are wonderful in this industry become more efficient at providing healthcare um, to the 330 million Americans that need to use it? Um, uh, that the data point for me was America spends 14% of GDP on healthcare. The closest country to us spends 7%, and we do not provide twice as better healthcare in the United States as we do other ways. So what, what are the operations things that can help 
improve healthcare in the United States, and I think mobile's got a clear answer to that. Mm -hmm. Now, we exist in an app-dominated world. You were talking about that earlier, just with your uh, golf outing, with your son being able to do all of your transactions, all your commerce through mobile apps. Um, when we think about it from the healthcare perspective, where are we in the app product life cycle? I mean, what is the adoption? What what is the current state and what's the future here in healthcare? Yeah, so I think we're in the absolute beginning of it, which is um, which is a good space for everybody. Um, all of the hospitals have now spent the money to put in the EMR systems and it's a tribute to them, right? Um, but most of the work that's been done on that um, to get that data into the, into the, into the 47 plus hundred hospitals in the United States has been mainly nurse and provider focused. Um, and so now we've got consistent ways of keeping records. We're not yet good at transporting information from one hospital to the other, but that will come because the data is consistent. What we've not yet done is we've not yet connected, and I go back to the 330 million Americans that are consuming healthcare, we've not yet connected them into the space. And so uh, I think where we're at is, is now we are, these EMR companies are opening up access to be able to write to them, the Cerner's, the Epics, the Meditech's, all scripts. Um, we can do that, we do that today, um, so that a, a patient can have full interactive with the hospital. Why does that make sense? Here, I'll give you an example. If I'm going to have a surgery, and let's say I'm going to have a shoulder surgery, the 30 minutes that I'm going to spend in the hospital, that provider does an outstanding job, at, and the nursing staff does an outstanding job taking care of me of that 30 minutes that I'm in that hospital. However, that surgery didn't begin on that day. It began 30 days ago. When they got me prepared for when I'm going to go to that hospital, all the things I need to do ahead of time, all the comorbidity issues I may have, all the things I need to prepare to be successfully on that day at the hospital, and then following that surgery so that I don't repeat, the things I need to do and follow up, whether it's, um, whether it's uh, you know, uh, particular kind of exercises or anything I need to do to ensure that I don't repeat that surgery, the hospitals don't have a good communication link in a real-time basis with patients, and that's where mobile comes in. Mobile keeps the patient connected in a real-time space 30 days before the surgery and 30 days after the surgery to make the, so that the success of that surgery becomes real and we don't have readmittance and cost drivers um, for the patients. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember uh, you were talking about the iPhone earlier and its ubiquity among consumers and other smartphones like the iPhone. I remember when uh, Steve Jobs made some addresses to the, you know, the consumers uh, back in the, you know, 2008, 9, 10, and he had that phrase, well, there's an app for that. Didn't really matter what it was. Um, right. What about in the healthcare mobile app space, though? Is there an app for that yet? Uh, what are you excited about the apps that have been developed and the ones that are still to come? So the ones that have been developed today, for the most part, are those that do navigation to or from or within hospitals. Um, that's been most of them that have been developed. There have been apps developed, again, for the providers and the nurses within the hospitals to improve operations. The ones to come, though, are these patient engagement apps. Um, ours that we talk about um, is a perioperative app. So again, it's surgery-based, 60% of hospitals revenue is surgery related. 
If you look at that, a typical hospital, it's between five and six hundred million on an annual revenue basis. So sixty percent of that is is surgery. If you think about those surgeries about fifteen thousand times a year that you bring a patient into a space, have surgery. Um, what we need is to be able to connect those 15,000 patients on a real-time basis through that experience that's 30 minutes in the hospital, but 30 days before preparation, 30 days after recovery, and tie that in real time. Those are the apps that are going to be coming now that, that begin to improve outcomes and dramatically change cost of providing healthcare because that's where the cost is at. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, it appears that there's just amazing innovation taking place in the app space, but what are the biggest barriers to adoption right now? I think the biggest barriers is um, the, again, as we said, the, the data um, is now there. Um, the, the Cerners, the Epics, the all, all scripts, the Meditex, they've done a fantastic job. So the data is now there, that's one. Number two is educating the um, hospital provider space on how to use operation technology. Um, they, every, every industry went through this. Um, the banking industry went through this, the airline industry went through this. It's a seven or eight year journey through the process. But if I think about banking, um, I went to the bank yesterday. Um, how did I go to the bank? I sat right here on my couch. I pulled up my records. I'm going out of country. I authorized myself to, to be able to transact in France. Um, I moved some balances from A to B, um, and I checked on some investments, and I did it from my couch. Um, I think about today what I have to do to interact with a doctor. I have to, I have to get up off my couch. I have to go to a waiting room. I have to sit in a waiting room and have a t- to have a 20-minute conversation with a with a provider, and then spend another 30 minutes going back home. Overall, that's a two-hour experience for me for 15 minutes with a doctor. Why can't I do that in real time? sitting on my couch to prepare for ultimately down the road a surgery, but do that in real time with a doctor. It would save the doctor doctor time. It would save me cost um, and it would improve the overall experience and readiness. The other thing, if you think about rural environments, um, these hospitals are closing in rural America. Um, I think another really exciting space is to be able to attach rural America to the urban areas with real time medical information um, be it be a communications, be an app technology, so that you don't have to drive the 45 minutes from or an hour from a rural environment to get a, a diagnosis. Um, and then whenever you actually have the surgery, you still got to go to the urban area, but you don't have to do that for the preparation. The last piece I would say is uh, if I use the term IoT, um, Internet of Things. So um, I'm wearing an Apple Watch today. I'm not um, marketing Apple, but I'm wearing an Apple Watch today. I can see my heart rate. Tomorrow I will be able to see many monitoring things from devices, shoes, those kind of things. To the extent that I can bring those devices into my medical records, I can start doing wellness opportunity. Um, We have a large obesity issue in this country. If we start thinking about ways to interact with people to stimulate them toward healthy environment, healthy eating, and I think IoT devices um, are a real opportunity in the space going forward. Now you're describing so many cool things and, and accessible things that are being done to monitor our health. Uh, there are ways to access, uh, you know, your patient records. But what's being done to protect the patient privacy? Are are we doing enough in that regard? 
Um, I don't think you ever do enough. And if anybody told you they are doing enough, then they're not doing the right things. Everything starts with security. Um, whether today the most secure environment you can run to is move to a cloud. I know that's many times a leap for these hospitals. But the most secure environments we have today is on the cloud type environments. Um, we personally run on Amazon's cloud. Um, security is number one from their perspective. Number two then, um, everything has HIPAA compliant to it um, from an information perspective. Number three, if you're dealing with anybody, um, they should be at least a, a SOC 2 type compliant. We're SOC 2 compliant. We've had the review. It takes over a year to review the data to make sure that all of the information is secure. Um, we've introduced texting. The texting is all encrypted texting between provider and patient. So um, I think there's always more to do um, from a privacy perspective. However, um, I think that the industry um, is learning from what the airline industry done, the banking industry's already done, telecommunications industry done to apply those techniques um, to um, to healthcare records um, and the information. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's a large challenge, but it's one that everybody's focused on. And we start with say we start with security, we begin with security. Uh, and we will always have it uh, first and foremost in our application. And, I, and from everybody I've seen so far, um, they're writing the same way because everybody understands you have to get these compliance, rigorous reviews before you can launch apps on any of these um, large platforms. Mm -hmm. Now I was watching an interview with you that you conducted this past spring. You were talking about how mobile technology allows the patient to be engaged to what you called clear the red dots on their phones to be prepared for surgery. I, I thought that was a really interesting uh, phrase that you used. What did you mean by that? And how do mobile apps help in patient engagement? Yeah, it's a great question. I love this one. Um, so every time that you deal in operations, you, you first have to worry about the, the consumer interface, in our case, the patient interface. And, I, and, and, and to the extent that I don't need to train you on that interface, then all the better, right, from, a, from an adoption perspective. So one thing that we've done, I think a pretty good job, if you look at your phone right now and I pull mine up and I'm looking at, I have an iPhone, I can have an Android and I'm looking at it and I have apps and I have red dots. And those red dots tell me, number one, I already know what they are. I know how to use it. I don't have to train somebody. We started at birth, right? Even people with white hair like me know how to use this. Uh, and if I have a dot on an application, I know to touch that and I open it up and it tells me I need to do something. Uh, in the case of a, a perioperative app that we do, it might tell you that today I need to do a certain exercise in preparation for the upcoming surgery. And I simply clear that red, I do that exercise, I clear that red dot, I feel good about it, and there's no longer red dot on my screen, and I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape um, for now because I've cleared all the red dots. So that's what I meant by it is it's, it's a very um, simple, understandable interface that mobile technology uses that every, that you're already familiar with and we simply then take the pathways the clinical pathways that these hospitals are using translate them where they're consumable on the mobile phone give the patient a red dot a series of red dots that they need to do before they get to the surgery and that, then when they walk in the day of surgery they're there i'll give you some numbers these are averages but the averages are averages for a reason they're based in fact um, today I looked at surgery for the healthcare industry. Um, most surgeries, the the number of people that show up and the surgery is successful is about 83% of the time. Meaning, for some reason, 17% of the time on a surgery day, 
the surgery can't occur, I didn't do my prep work, the hospital wasn't ready, but 17% of the time, it can't happen, right? To the extent that we can better prepare people to be there, we can improve that, that on-time show-up experience. Number two is patients repeat 11% of the time. Once they complete the surgery, they repeat 11% of the time because they didn't follow the guidelines that I gave as a hospital to that, to that patient when they left. If we, can, if we can improve both of those, then what we begin to do is to remove the cost of um, healthcare. Think about, um, I, I just would apply um, the, the 83% of the time that surgeries happen on time to the, to the airline industry. I mean, I can't remember the last time that I went to the, the airline industry and they, and they only took off, you know, 83% of the time, they might take up a little bit late, but they, they took off. And from a repeat perspective, you know, they never take me to the wrong place and just leave me. So um, the airline industry, I know a lot of times gets a, gets a rap about, you know, how well they're run. But I, I just, if we could just get healthcare to improve to the rates with airline industry run through involving the patient, then we improve overall costs. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts you'd like to share regarding mobile apps and how they can improve healthcare, patient engagement? physician and nurses interaction with their patients? I'll, I'll, I'll restate kind of where I started, Ray. I mean, we're in healthcare because um, mobile applications we think um, can help improve, but we're here mainly because um, we believe healthcare can improve and must improve the United States. The United States spends approximately 14% of GDP on healthcare. Again, the closest country is about 7%, and we're not twice as good. So mobile is not the silver bullet. It is absolutely not simple, but however, operations and involving 330 million Americans in a real-time environment with our wonderful providers, and we have fantastic providers and nurses in this country, engaging those two together will overall improve the results, and mobile is a tool inside of that that will help that change, reduce the cost, and improve healthcare for everyone and we're really excited about being in the space. All right. Well, Randy, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing these insights on mobile apps. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Randy Tomlin for joining the podcast today. If you're interested in learning more about healthcare technology, join us at MGMA's annual conference October 13th through 16th in New Orleans. For more information and to register, visit mgma.com slash Big Easy 19. Thanks again for being an MGMA Insider. I'm Daniel Williams. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances and operations. Again, visit mgma.com slash analytics today.